month is our month of Anakazo. I'm going to preach a very brief, very, very short message this morning. And I pray that God will minister to all of us. This month is our month of Anakazo. And we've been talking about Anakazo. And Anakazo is a Greek word which means to compel, to necessitate, to force. You know, and Reverend has been teaching us and I've been telling us that in a, when there is fire and you are the fireman and you go into that situation, you don't go there to negotiate with people to give 10 reasons why the person should come out of the, that room. No. All that you do is that you compel the person out. Sometimes you even have to pick the person away. You know, and after that, if there is any explanation, if the person still needs explanation, you talk. But in that particular situation, you have to compel the person out. But I want us to read our anchor scripture, then we take it from there. Luke chapter 14, from verse 16. Luke chapter 14. I think by now, this scripture, you should know the scripture. You know, this church. Every month we pick a scripture, then we zoom into it. We zoom in. We, we sort of we dissect. We 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 we. we. Can you help me with English words? We we sort of bisect. We do everything to it. We digest, right? That's the word I'm looking for. We digest. You see that you hear the story so much so that it gets into your system. And I pray that that's how all of us are also supposed to take the scripture. Amen. Oh, I. You know, when I'm talking, when I say amen, I want you to say amen so that it encourages me. Amen. amen. Thank you very much. <laughs> amen. You know, some of us, in, in our quiet time, when we are doing, reading the scripture, we can read the whole chapter. Just when you finish reading, you yourself, you don't even remember what you read. Hello? Yes. But you know, the Bible says, let the word of God dwell in you, what? Richly. You know, when you are eating a food and it's rich with chicken. See that everywhere you touch, there's chicken there. Everywhere, everywhere you touch. But if it's not, if you have prepared some soup and it's not rich in chicken, you will use your ladder, go, you see that there's nothing. You see that there's small one inside. And, and we have been admonished that let the word of God dwell in us richly. So what means that every part of your life, the word of God is manifest. You understand? In your relationship, you see that the word of God is manifesting there. In your academic, the word of God is being so. What is it rich? It's not that oh, you, you it's like you can quote, no, yes, yeah, good, you can quote, but you see that there is the impact of the word in every facet of your life. You get it? So, in your school, you see that the word of God is there because there is wisdom, and you see that God has given you that wisdom and it's been made manifest in your relationship with people. You see that the word of God is being because you see that suddenly the things you used to do, you don't do them no more. You see that richness of the word of God is seen everywhere. There is no part of your life that you see that this place is a no go area for God's word. No, every part of your life, the word of God should be there. Your marriage, the word of God should dwell there, amen. In your relationship, as you are waiting to get married and you are a beloved or whatever you call it, the word of God should be there. It's like this place, the word of God does not apply. No. Everywhere, the word of God must apply. But for it to be applied everywhere, it must dwell in you richly. Richly. You know, some of us, football has dwelled in us so rich that, you know, you, the team that you support, me, I support a certain kind of team. The team that you support, you know the first 23. And you sometimes arguing that this person should be sacked because he's, 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 a, he's not contributing much. He's lost to the team. But it's not your money that you are giving you to pay the person anyway. But we know. And I know that there are also some of us to movies. Rich. So the Netflix account that you have, you the series that is about, uh, what do they call it? Series. It's a season, right? So maybe it, has, it might have 10 seasons with 12 episodes in each season. But you know it well. You know, you know some people when you are watching movies with them, at a point they start reciting the thing as if they are in the movie. Haven't you seen some people like that? They've watched the movie over and over and over that at a point they can actually act it and say it verbatim. That is richness in movie. Mercy. But I, want, I pray that the word of God, the word of God, you know those were the days that we could quote scriptures. Yes, we know the scriptures. If we are supposed to go around today and say that please give us two scriptures, it's going to be tsunami today. 
is going to be tsunami. Two scriptures, two. Or if you let's narrow it down to one. Apart from John 3, 16 and John eleven thirty five, 35 and uh, Genesis chapter 1, verse 1 and Psalm 23, verse 1. Even this one that I'm eliminating. Some people are like, what scriptures are those? <laughs> Hallelujah. <laughs> Yes, but let the word of God dwell in you richly. So, as we read and read and read the scripture, I pray that it, it, it helps all of us. Luke chapter 14, 16. Then he said to him, a certain man gave a great supper and invited many and sent his servant at supper time to say to those who were invited, come for all things, come for all things are now ready. But they all with one accord began to make excuses. The first said to him, I have bought a piece of land, a piece of ground, and must go and see it. I asked to have me excused. And another said, I have bought five yoke of oxen, and I'm going to test them. I asked you, ask you to have me excused, and I love this excuse. Still, Another said, I have married a wife and therefore I cannot come. You know, sometimes you have to be blunt. I cannot come. So that servant came and reported these things to his master. Then the master of this house, being angry, said to his servant, Go out quickly into the streets and lanes of the city and bring in here the poor and the maimed and the lame, and the blind. And the servant said, Master, it is done as you commanded. And still, there is room. Then the master said to the servant, Go out into the highways and the hedges, and compel them to come in, that my house may be filled. For I said to you, that none of those men who were invited shall taste my supper. Hallelujah. Amen. And under the leading of the Holy Spirit, Reverend has been teaching us about the compelling power of Anakazo, taught us about why we need to reach out the importance of a soul, that there is nothing that can be given in exchange for a soul, and that if you do not compel, the hell is enlarging, you know, and so many things. And last Wednesday, he taught us about the Anakazo person, or the Anakazo man, that the Anakazo man prepared how many of us were here? The Anakazo man prepares. So you see that we are all, all that we are learning about is that we should have a certain kind of spirit that is not just there and allow things to just, you know, it's like you're unconcerned about anything. But all of us, you know, the Anakazo kind of person or man or woman or spirit, it's not something that should be seen in the life of the pastor. So that, oh, but you, you are a pastor. That's your job. Me too, I have my job. Monday to Friday, I go to my office or I go to the hospital, I go to school. That's what I do. Me, I come to church on Sunday. So this thing that you've been preaching, telling us to go out, go out, go out, you just want to relax. That's why you want to give your job to us. No. That command is what Jesus has given to all of us to do. Amen. 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 It's not just a certain group of people that are supposed to go out. Or a certain group of people that are supposed to, you know, all of us are able to compel. All of us. Some people, we are able to compel certain people to certain places. But you know, you want somebody, you want to get somebody to a party, or you want to get somebody to accompany you to a football match, or you want somebody to accompany you to go and watch a movie. The person will give an excuse, but you will still be able to work your way around, negotiate. Okay, okay, you go with me. When I come back, I'll do this for you. Or you do this. All of us have done it before. Hello? Yeah. So we are saying that bring the same tactics. Say. <laughs> bring the same method to the house. I pray that nobody sleeps today. Amen. <laughs> because I'm beginning to see some, some faces and, I, and I'm rebuking them on their behalf. Amen. <laughs> Hallelujah. Okay, so today I want to talk about something briefly. I want to talk about what Anakazo leads to. When you have that anacardo spirit, that compelling spirit, what does it lead to? And we are still going to use 
the Luke chapter 14. The Luke chapter. So, what, Anna, today, please help me with the scriptures. Eh? Help me because I'm going to read a lot of scriptures. So, you have to be quick for me. Amen. So, the first thing that the Anakazo leads to, that Anakazo leads to a holy anger. Anger, not hunger. <laughs> please. When you are comparing it, you become angry. No. Leads to <laughs> a holy anger. What do I mean by holy anger? When the servants came to the master and told the master that, oh, the people have given us excuses. The Bible says that the master was angry. Some versions say that the master was furious. Other versions say that the master was irrath. Other versions also say that the master was outraged. You see, there are certain things in our life that until we become angry about it, it won't change. Am I speaking to somebody? The thing is going on, you are complaining, you've talked to everybody, you still talk about it, it is not changing because you have not been angry about it. You have not been tired or been tired about it. That's why the thing is not changing. And you see, when the servants came, they, they thought that, oh, everybody give excuse. So they came and talked about it like everybody would do. But the master had a certain posture. He was angry. So what it means is that certain things that everybody is accepting, you must have a certain disposition towards it for it to change. You're like, oh, I have this friend, this friend drinks, like, and then all of us are like, you should be angry about it. Because that anger of yours is what is going to make you begin to think that what can I do to help the person? But if you accept that, oh, this friend of mine, this neighbor of mine, this person of mine, it's okay. There's no way things will change. Sometimes you must get angry at a certain level of stagnation in your life. You must get angry at a certain level of status quo. You must get angry at a certain level of excuses. You must get angry at a certain of fruitlessness. It's like there's not much growth, there's not much increase, there's not much improvement, there's not much impact, but you are okay. That is why the thing is not changing. So when the servants came and they told the master, the master was angry. Because if the master had the same disposition as the servants, the place would have been empty. Am I speaking to somebody? So there are certain things in your life that you must be angry about it for it to change. You must be angry why you cannot pray. You, you see, you've accepted it. That's why you are still not praying. You must, you must, you must feel angry about why it's like you, you, you struggle to come to the house of God. You must be angry about it for it to change. Am I speaking to somebody? Yeah. All of us must be angry about something. I'm not saying be angry and go and fight. No, that's not what I'm saying. <laughs> Please, let me put, let me put uh, terms and conditions on the anger I'm talking about. <laughs> Hallelujah. You must be angry of not accepting the current situation of your faith. Do you get me? You see, if you are not angry, you will be like this. And I tell you, yes and time, the way it flies, you'll be surprised. You'll be there 10 years to come and you've not actually seen that anything significant has happened. And you'll be saying, hey, yes, 10 years. When I was in my, when I was 20 years old, when I was 30, the way I used to go to church, the way I used to call, I used to go around knocking on people's door, going to iron for them to bring them to church. Don't you see your life should not be that you have a better yesterday. As you are moving on in life, your current situation should always be better than yesterday. That is progress. You, you get it. So your faith, the, your faith or your level of intimacy or your level of fellowship with God now should always be better than yesterday. If you are struggling to pray now, and like yesterday or maybe some years back or some months back, you could sit on your couch or you could just be walking in your room, praying in tongues for two hours, and you are and those times you were, you were happy to do it, but now you are not happy. You should be angry about the situation now. You get it? You should, you see, sometimes you should even get angry that when a certain group of people are being classified, you are part of that group. 
for there to be a, ch- you see, the master, when the master, you, because the people were like, oh, we've, we've attempted. At least we've gone out. And when we went out, the people started giving us excuses. Yesterday, I called one of our people and I was asking certain questions. Hey, then you reply, oh, Pastor Sam, I think you are pushing the thing too much. Hey, I'm not pushing, I'm just asking simple questions. You know, you should be angry at your inefficiency. And you see, this Anakazu last Wednesday ever made us understand it's not just about church, but other facets of your life. There's no, you're not seeing that much progress. You are not seeing that much thing that you're doing. You should be angry. Because the master that we are following, he never was okay with the status quo. He was never okay with things being done like everybody does it. He always wanted to distinguish himself. He always wanted progress. He always wanted growth. He always wanted increase. So like now that we are all sitting here, that everybody should look to the left. Or is it left or right? Okay. This side, this side. Everybody should look at that side. You see, we are not angry enough as a church. We are not. Hello? Yes. We are not. We are not angry enough. That's why, you see, by your, by your side, you see that there's a lot of... Because that seat is somebody's seat that the person is supposed to come and be impacted and be blessed. That seat is for somebody who is sleeping now. Or better still, that seat is for somebody who went out last night, came 4 a.m. this today, and is asleep. But because we are not angry enough, we are okay to come. To, oh, but me, I came. Yeah. So that anger is what will cause you to call somebody and talk to you. Say that if I don't see you next week, if I, in fact, actually, I'm coming to pick you. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You should be angry at the rate at which you even come to church. You come to church once every six months. You should be angry. Yeah, you see, if you are not, it will sound, and especially if you find yourself in the company of people that like it, it will not change. Because you see, the servants that went out, I don't know the number, the Bible did not state the number of servants that went out, but all of them were okay. Until they came to the master, and the master was angry. So the company of the people, they were all fine. So you can find yourself in a company, and that particular company, you, you think that you are living, that's why you have to always watch the company that you find yourself inside. Yeah. Some companies will lead to your death. Simple. Jehoshaphat, in the book of First, I think Second Chronicles, found himself in the company of Ahaz. And he nearly died. Ahaz was going to fight the king of Samaria. He was going to fight and he told Jehoshaphat, can you join me to go and fight? And as they were going to fight, the, the other people said that we are not, we are, the only target that we are targeting is Ahaz. Ahab. We are targeting Ahab. And Ahab told Jehoshaphat that, you know what? You put on my rope. You see? And so the people were just looking out and they, and they nearly killed Jehoshaphat. He said, no, 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 I'm not, no, 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 I'm not the one. Then they left him. You see, sometimes because you are not angry about a certain environment, that environment is dictating your growth. That environment is dictating your even the way you think. Yeah, that's why you have to change your certain environment. You don't have to find yourself in the servants. Hallelujah. Am I speaking to somebody? In Matthew chapter 21, 13 and 14. Jesus went into the temple. Matthew chapter 21. 13 and 14, if you can help me. And he said to them, Matthew 21, 13 and 14. Yes. So this is when Jesus went to the, to the temple. He said, and it, it's, my house shall be called a house of prayer. But you have made it into what? A den of thieves. Verse 14. Okay. But I think the point I'm, I'm trying to make is when Jesus went into the temple, everybody there was okay with using the house of God for transactional purposes. Everybody there. So everybody in the temple had understood that the temple is now a bank. The temple is now a, a, a trinity. It's now a shopping center. Now we buy and sell at the temple. Until somebody who had a different spirit, until somebody who had the Anakazu spirit entered, then he became angry. He alone was angry. The high priest was there. He was okay that there was transactions going on. 
And actually, if you read the background of the story, the Bible theologians make us understand that it was not like they were actually people had come to the temple to buy and sell. No. You know, those days they were using animals for sacrifice. And the, the priests were saying that because some people were staying outside of Israel and all that, and the, the animals that they were bringing were defiled. So what is that? We will, we the Levites, will raise, will sort of rear the animals ourselves. So come and buy from us and use it to sacrifice. Do you get it? So that's how come they were doing that. So it's like, okay, we have it. We have the pure pigeons. We have the pure sheep. We have the pure, so buy from us and use it to sacrifice. So now the, the Levites, now the people selling and the people were using for sacrifice. So Jesus came and he was angry at the situation. Yeah. Ask the person sitting next to you, what are you angry at? Like, as I'm talking, what are you angry at now? What are you angry at now? Ah, did they say anything? Or they are still not angry about anything? Hey! <laughs> yeah. You should be angry that you've lost a certain kind of passion. Yeah. You should be angry that you've lost a certain kind of drive. You should be angry that you've lost a certain kind of zeal. Yeah. Yeah. In Luke chapter 15, it's all, it, I think it's the parable of the lost. It talks about the lost sheep, the lost queen, the lost, uh, the lost son. But the, the one that talks about, because you see, if you have 99, Luke chapter 15 from verse 1, I think the first one talks about the lost sheep. If you have 99, if you have 99 uh, sheep, you have 100. Right, you have 100. And you lose one. And the mathematician, isn't it 99%? What's the big deal? What's the big deal? Oh, I, oh I'm, I'm, I'm trying, let's, I want us to talk. What's the big deal? You've lost one. You have 99. Is, is, is there any problem? Huh? Oh. I have 99. I did not even lose 10 or 15 or 20. I've lost only one. Oh, it's not, I, I can, I can, I can, I, I, uh, at least if you are in school, you are still in the A, right? Even the A with A star, 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 because 99 is very high. And the Bible says that what, a ma- what man of you having 100 sheep, if he loses one of them, does not leave the 99 in the wilderness and go after the one which is lost unto him. You see, if the anarchic spirit, and it makes you see your perspective changes. Your, your perspective changes. Because, to be frank, me, 99, and I've lost, oh, the one can go. At least that one, I've, I've gifted it to somebody who's angry, you know, hungry or whatever. 99 is fine. I'm fine with it. But Jesus said that the person left the 99, of course, in safe hands, and went to search for the one. He doesn't want any, 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 any one of them to get missing. And the Lord, at least maybe the sheep people say, okay, you have 10,000 or you have, ta- you have 100 dollars. Oh, 100 pounds. And you've lost one pound. Oh, 100 dollars, then you've 100 pounds and you've lost one pound. It's not much. You can, you can still have the 99. But the Bible says that the person tried as much as possible to find that coin. Yeah. But we also have to ask ourselves, what are some of the things in our life that is missing? What is missing in your life now? In your Christian faith, what is missing? Some of us, we've lost more than one. Let's be frank with ourselves. Yeah, we've lost, we've lost more than one. We've not just, we've lost our prayer, our, our prayerfulness. We've lost it. Our Bible study, we've lost it. We are even afraid to let people know that we are Christian. We've lost it. Our commitment to the house of God, we've lost it. We, of course, we don't even evangelize. So that one, we lost it. That was the first thing we lost. You see that we've you you lost a lot. Jesus, the parable that he said, he said, the person lost one. He went for it. I pray that today you begin to see things differently. Amen. Amen. 
So this thing, I'm, you see, I'm saying it that so that because you see, you must not lose it, so that you will be able to go out and get others in. This week, I was thinking about the Noah's Ark, and I, something came to my mind. I'm like, I never thought about it this way. You see how the Noah's Ark, the dimensions that God gave Noah and everything, how it looks like, very huge. So what it means is that Noah had a lot of people who were helping him to build that did not enter. Hello? Yeah. So what it means is that we should not just be interested in getting people by you yourself. Be, you must be in the ark yourself as you are trying to get people into the ark. You get me? Yeah, so we say, oh, let's go and share. Like, go and share. You have to be in the ark. It's be under, the Bible says, he that dwells under the secret place of the most shall abide. You yourself should be abiding. That's all of us here. None of us should. You know, don't abiding has nothing to do with the number of duties you do in church. Please. The abiding has nothing to do with oh I do this I do that. No 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 no. That relationship should be solid for you. Then you can reach out for others. But if all these things you've lost them, then be like the parable of the lost coin cannot accept the status quo. Amen. Another person to that was very angry, still in the Luke chapter 15, is the prodigal son. Luke chapter 15, 16 and 17. I said today we are going to read a lot of scriptures. Luke chapter 15, 16 and 17. And I like the 16 so much. He said that, so this is the prodigal son. After he had lost everything and he had been reduced to uh, feeding swine. And the Bible said, and he would have gladly have filled his stomach with the pots that the swine ate and no one gave him anything. You see, the reason why we are where we are because we are glad with it. The guy lost, the guy was the, 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 the son of a very wealthy person. Took his share of the inheritance. Went, the Bible says he spent it on women, he spent it on gambling, he spent it on so many things. He lost everything. And even when he was reduced to nothing, he was still glad. Can't you see it? He would gladly have filled his stomach with the, the food that the pigs were. He was glad to eat the pigs' food. I think this is a clear picture for all of us to see. Instead of him being angry, he was glad. What was he glad about? Eating pigs' food. Yeah. So, Tudor asking a lot of questions. What are you glad about? That you are not supposed to be glad about. What are you happy about that you are not supposed to be happy about? What are you accommodating that you are not supposed to accommodate? Hey, today somebody said, I shouldn't have come to church today. What is it? This guy is asking me so many questions. <laughs> verse 16, verse 17. But when he came to himself, that is, the, that, is the, that is the aha moment. When he became angry enough, he shifted from the other side of the line, the negative to the positive side. He came to himself. Then he started asking himself questions. Yeah. Some of us, because we are not angry, we've not asked ourselves certain questions. So he said that, how many of my father's high servants have bread enough and, to, and I perish with hunger? Very logical thing. You should also begin to ask yourself, so how many times have I been to church that I cannot even talk of a soul that I've imparted? You, you'll be surprised that you, you, there's so much in you that you, you've not done much with it. So the, 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 the prodigal son was asking himself. Even the people that serve in my father's house, they don't even eat pig's food. And I'm here eating pig's food and I'm glad with it. I'll go back. Today, some of us need to get back to what we used to do. Amen. And if you've never had that past, then you should begin to tell yourself that from today, I am going to become some, my level of fellowship and my level of commitment to the cause of God is going to change. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And you see, one thing I have learned is that if you begin to really commit yourself to the things of it, it, it reflects in whatever you are doing. It reflects. Unless you are not doing it well, it will reflect. That same zeal, that same passion, that same commitment, it will reflect at your workplace. It will reflect in your relationship. It will reflect at your school. It will, it will reflect. Mark it. It will reflect. Yeah. So you have to be angry about certain things. 
the, the, the master was so angry that people have come say, oh, this guy said he has married, this guy said he's bought a field, this guy said he's bought an oxen. No. So the anakazo leads to, one of the things that the anakazo leads to is that it leads to us being angry. Yeah. And one of the anger that I, I personally think all of us should have is that you should be angry that anytime I come to church, you are coming alone. You should be angry. I, I'm not going to accept it. Yeah. All of us here, there's so much deposit. All of us sitting here. There's a soul that you can reach. Hello? Hello? Am I speaking to somebody? <laughs> Amen. And the second one that I want to talk to is that there is room. So after the servants had gone, after the servants had gone and come back, there was still room. And that is so encouraging. That is so encouraging that there was room. And today I came to tell you that there is room for you. Amen. There is room for you. There is room for you to grow. There is room for you to do more. There is room for you to develop a deeper relationship with God. Yeah, there is room. There is room. There is room. They are gone. God brought so many people. You know, you know, some, you know one of the things that make us think that there is no room is pride. Yeah. Yeah. Say, so, oh, the level that I've got into in this church, nobody is close. I think I've reached my peak. That is pride. But there is room. There is room for growth. I don't think that in this church there is room. If you think that we fill this place, no, 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 there is room upstairs. And even if the upstairs also gets filled, there is also room for there to be another service. Hallelujah. Amen. And there is room also for your growth. Yeah, you pray 15 minutes, you can do there's room. There's room. There's room. You're able to memorize one scripture. There's room. You can do two. Mm. Oh, yeah. You've talked to one person, maybe a friend of yours, you've invited to church, or sort of you, you told the person about it. There's room for you to do more. There's room. All of us can do. You know, there is nobody that has a task. I cannot do anything. No. All of us can do something. Tell yourself, I can do something. Oh, I cannot hear you. I can do something. Yeah. All of us here, we can all do something. Something. So now you have to shift from being somebody that you think that when you come to church, everybody should do things to favor you. Or everybody should work, you know, make do things to please you. Everybody should do things to make you happy. Two, I am going to do things to make others happy. There are two different things. You get it. So suddenly you've mo- you've moved from that that mode of oh, media. I just come. Mm-hmm. You know, some people don't they can say oh, these people they are not friendly at all. This, that, that. I did not get anybody to talk to me. Da, 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 da. You can also shift from that mood of thinking that or waiting for everybody to make you happy to the mood where you are interested in making others happy. Yeah. And you sit in the church for two years to be able No. You can even be here for a week today. Two weeks. You can, you can, you can do it. Yeah. Yeah, because you, that, that spirit in you is to ensure that things are being done and they are being done right. There's room. And actually, if today you did not hear anything, just to go home with this, I can do something. I can do something. I can do something. I can do something. And the reason why you can do something is that we are all following Christ. And the last time, Jesus, Jesus told the disciples, said, follow me and I will make you disciples of, you see, once you are following Jesus, he is making us. He is transforming us. 
He is changing. You know, sometimes you are, you are being changed, you don't see. It's like being with a child. When a child is going, you don't see. But somebody who does not see the child often, maybe sees the child every six months or one year, anytime you see the child, oh, wow, he has grown. Because the person does not see the, but you, because you are with, you are always, you don't, you don't think that there's something happening. But if you really look back, you realize Jesus has really touched your life. Yeah. And he can do more, more, more. The word is more. You see, we should never get to the place where we think that, oh, I've got it to my peak. No, no. Higher and higher and higher and higher and higher. There is room. There is room for you to reach a soul. There is room. You know, it's like, oh, me, Reverend, you know that me, the only scriptures I know, I know only John 3.16. Perfect scripture. Perfect. <laughs> Perfect scripture. That scripture alone is enough together with your own life story. It's enough for you to talk to somebody. Yes, there is room. There is room. There is room. Amen. And the third one is that what I is that it leads to avoiding waste. It leads to avoiding waste. It leads to avoiding waste. You see, all of us have a lot of deposit in us. And all of us are continually being trained by the church, by the Holy Spirit, and even by yourself. What Jesus hates, one of the things that Jesus hates, is waste. So you, you remember that he gave a lot of parables on waste. And sometimes he even demonstrated to people that he doesn't want to waste. And one of the parables that he gave was the parable of the talent. Matthew chapter 25, 14 to 30. Because of time, I'm not going to read it. But you realize that the one that came, he gave them talents. He gave one five. He gave one two. And he gave one one. The five used the talent. But the one said that, I know you are a wicked. Can you give me that scripture? Matthew chapter 25. You know, I, I'm not reading it, but try and as I'm talking, get to the points that I'm talking to. The, the person with the one talent said, I know that you are a wicked master and you reap where you've not sown. And so because of that, I have decided that that particular one talent, I am going to hide it. And when you come, I give it to you. Oh yeah, this is your talent. Some of us are not saying that, but we are acting. You didn't hear what I said. Some of us are not saying that to God, but we are acting it. We are not. We are not using our talent to do anything for God. And you'll be surprised that God will ask you. You'll be asked. Some of, us, some of us have a lot of talents. A lot of talents. Like the way you are able to use your words to rap women, it's a talent. Hello? You can use that to win souls. It's not even a joke. <laughs> Am I? <laughs> the, some guys are so cool. They say that you, you cannot, you cannot miss. You, you, see, you will say everything, they'll be waiting for you, but they have the lines that they'll put in to make sure that you, you you, you can't be released from it. Yes. <laughs> Hallelujah. But God does not want to waste. You see, the deposit that is being deposited in you all the time, you, see, you should not wait for pastor to call you to more. In your own, because you see this one in your own closet, you can even be doing more. And my main emphasis is on reaching out, trying as much as possible to reach out. And you know, the thing that unfortunately is happening is that the God that we serve is a God of miracles. We prayed about it when he started. But it's like now, that has become our emphasis, number one. Yes, we need miracles in our life, but God also needs certain things to be done. The other day, Peter asked Jesus, he said, oh, we have left everything and we have come to follow you. What shall we get? 
It's not, it's like when you came, you saw me, I was a fisherman. Matthew was a task collector. This person was into this. This person was into that. This person was into that. This person was into that. We've left all and we've come. What shall we get? And I believe that it's also a very important question. All of us are asking, what shall we get? Just that you've not left everything, please. You are still working. Are you not still working? <laughs> yes. So actually, you've not done the way Peter did. But even in this state, God still rewards. The Bible said God is not a man that he should reward. And the God is not he forgets. God does not forget our labor of life. He does not forget. It's not like men. Men, yeah, we have, you know, two things about man. Men forget and men lie. That's why the Bible said God is not a man to lie. Have you realized it? So if you're a man, there's a high probability that you lie. Or you lie. Or, and the second thing that forgets. So you see that in the book of Deuteronomy, God was always reminding the people, do not forget. Deuteronomy 8.18 said that, and you shall remember the Lord of God, for he is he that gave you the power to make work. Always telling the people to remember, 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 remember. Because we always forget. But God does not. That secret prayer that you are praying friend of yours in your closet, God remembers. That's so that you've been working on for years and years and years and years, God remembers. Don't stop. Keep on keeping on, keeping on, keeping on. God remembers. And because God remembers, you cannot afford to be wasteful. God has, as a church, God has given us so much. You see, if comparative analysis is being done, comparing us to a church, that means in, let's say, more of a classroom kind size. The capacities are not the same. You get it? So, the more is required of us than maybe a church that is in a classroom. So, we cannot afford to be wasteful. We cannot. Amen. John chapter 6, verse 12. You know, some of the things that Jesus did, John chapter 6, verse 12, can you get it for me? Some of the things that Jesus did, some of the things he taught and some of the things he acted. And sometimes, the things that he taught, he taught or he said, that is in red, the things that he did were, were in black. So sometimes, if you are not careful, you will miss it. But watch clearly the way Jesus acted on the certain things. So this is when he had fed the 5,000. If you feed 5,000, some of us, you go to parties. Even the parties that we go to, maximum auditorium, maybe 2,000. We don't really, or we, we go around just picking the, 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 the waste and just throw it away. We go around doing that much. But look at what Jesus said. So when they were filled, he said to his disciples, gather up the fragments that remain so that nothing is what? Nothing is what? God is not a God of waste. He, he counts for everything. He counts. He counts. He's particular. He's particular about everyone. He said, gather up the fragments so that nothing... You've fed 5,000 people, you are still gathering fragments. But he counts. So we cannot be wasteful. And the last one is that an anakazo person or an akazo leads to impacting life. Impacting lives. You see, sometimes you might think that you are just, you've been following up on the person, you've been trying to get the person, but the impact that that particular exercise will make on the person, only God knows. Yeah. Yeah. Don't, you see, we must always look at the bigger picture. We should not look at the current circumstance of the stubbornness and of the, of the people trying to pay us. No, 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 no. Look at the bigger picture. That is the bigger picture. The bigger picture is that it is a soul that is at stake. What is the bigger picture? The bigger picture is that there is a better life for this person than what the person finds him or herself. What is the bigger picture? There is something that this person can do, not just for God, but even for himself. That is the bigger picture. 
So anytime you are dealing with anybody, don't, you know, some of us think, oh, me, I have stopped because this person is too stubborn. Me, I have stopped. This person is too, I have stopped. This person, no. He doesn't pick my call. He doesn't do this. He doesn't, no. Look at the bigger picture. The bigger picture is what? Impact. 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 Affecting lives. And I know all of us here have at least about 10 people that we can actually impact. With the word of God, of course. Not with uh, uh, any other thing. With the word of God. One of the things that is common to all humanity is salvation. We all need God, I tell you. We all need it. You know, some of us, you know, you go and talk to the person, the person will be bluffing, that, 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 but deep within he or she, there's that yearning, that desire for God. That's why a lot of people are failing the desire and the yearning of, for God with a lo- all forms of abuses. Abusing drugs, abusing alcohol, doing that, doing that, doing that, doing that, doing that. But there's that yearning that tells you if you wait long enough, you can see that you have impacted life. And I tell you that there are some people that you can impact. They might not say it with their mouth and come to you and say that, thank you for doing it for me. But God recognizes. Yeah. God recognizes. Matthew chapter 5, 13 to 16, my last scripture. Matthew chapter 5. Matthew chapter 5. Matthew chapter 5. 13 to 16. You are the salt of the earth. But if the salt loses its flavor, how shall it be seasoned? It is then good for nothing, but be thrown out and trampled underfoot by men. You are the light of the world. A city that is set on a hill cannot be hidden. Nor do they light a lamp and put it under a basket, but a lampstand, and it gives light to all who are in the house. Let your light so shine before men that they may see your good works and glorify your Father in heaven. Amen. You are a salt. Say, I'm a salt. I'm a salt. You are a light. I'm a light. What does light do? It shines. It shines. And we have all kinds of lights. You can use your phone and switch on the, what do you call this one? The, huh? Some people are saying, I'm just okay. <laughs> you can able to switch that one. And that is, that is the amount of light that it will show. You, you get it. So, in Psalm 119, I think one of them said, your, your word is a light unto my feet and a lamp unto my path. That kind of light is for short-term impact and for long-term impact. As you are with people now, the light that you are showing towards them, it is affecting them now. And because of that impact, and because of the word of God that you share with them, it is going to lead to their long-term salvation and eternity. So our light, your light, my light, the Bible said we should let our light shine before men. It's a command. This, is, this one is written in red. It's by Jesus. He said, let your light shine. Let your light shine. Let your light, let my light shine. Let your light shine. You have a light. I have a light. Some of us, we discuss everything but God. Yes. Because we are, we are, we are our political correctness and all those things. We don't want to offend people. That let your light shine. Let your light shine. Yeah. I know you are architect, but please let your light shine. I know you are a doctor, let your light shine. I know you are a nurse, let your light shine. Let your light shine. Yeah. Let it shine. Let it shine. Let it shine. Let, let it shine. And the second one is that you are salt. Salt is for two things. Taste. 
wherever you want to bring taste into people's life. Hey. The person will say that, oh, my life was some way until I met. You see, anytime you hear a statement like that, there was a manifestation of salt. I was going this way. My life was that way until I met. Until I met. Until I met. May that, may somebody say that by you and I. Oh, I didn't know here. May somebody say that by you and I. Yeah. Yeah. But you see, for you to salt, you have to be proper. Do you understand what I'm saying? Unfortunately, some of us are dispelling. You see, they are not attracting. At least, if you are not attracting, stay neutral. But they are not. They are actually even scattering. Move to the other angle and let your salt bring taste. Taste. The second thing that salt is used for is preservation. 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 You know, some the the salt fish, right? Yes. The amount of salt that is on the fish, <laughs> it preserves it. So the salt, the fish can be there for months. Sometimes it can even be there for years. And it's not salt because there's salt. Yeah. Sometimes a word in season can preserve somebody's life. Yeah. But that word must come from you. Yeah. You know, this one is not about oh, a pastor should come. No, 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 no. You are the pastor of that particular place. You are the pastor of that particular scenario. You are the pastor in that particular family. Among good friends, you are the pastor. There's no, you are the one. But I pray that today, even as you've heard these words, it will minister to you and cause you to begin to have a different perspective, cause you to become angry about things that initially you were accommodating and cause you to make impact and affect lives. And I know that you'll be blessed even as you do this. God bless you. Amen. Amen. Let's pray.